This, this is CCRN, the Cigar Connoisseur Radio Network. Broadcasting from Humidor 1A in the cigar city of Tampa, Florida, USA. Welcome to the Cigar Dave Show, your weekly excursion into the world of cigars, spirits, and diversions. The cigar and pleasure-friendly hotlines are open. 877-DAVE-007. Now, fire up a cigar and pour yourself a cocktail. It's time for the General Cigar Dave. We are in the height of the political season. Big day today. It is primary day for the GOP in South Carolina. And it is the caucus day in Nevada for the taxocrats. I will be waiting with bated breath to see who wins. Could Bernard pull an upset in Nevada? And will our man Donald J. Trump prevail in South Carolina, even though that sleazebag Ted Cruz... Ah, I'm Ted Cruz. Ted Cruz, I'm a sleazebag. The more I hear him, the more he reminds me of George W. Bush. Not in terms of George being a sleazebag, but just that accent that just kind of gets on my nerves. Great! Well, we will see what happens today. We will see who wins, and we have an action-packed show for you as always today, lieutenants, as your, your commanding general and leader and founder of the NAAAP, that is the National Association for the Advancement of Alpha Pleasure, meets we congregate as we enjoy the good life. Long-ash greetings and salutations, a long-ash snappy salute, semper delictatio. Always pleasure. Long live the Alpha, America's Alpha Male-in-Chief, front and center from Command Center Alpha. And we have moved to a special theater of operations. I'm in the special Alpha Situation Command Center in a classified location in the Cigar City. But we have an action-packed show for you today. In the second hour, we'll be joined by Alan Rubin, the founder of Alec Bradley Cigars, I was down at the Alec Bradley headquarters not too long ago, and we had the chance to spend an entire hour together talking about the background of Alec Bradley, the founding of the company, how their cigars have evolved, and, of course, some of the great cigars that they manufacture today that have been part of our Officers Club, we will talk about. And, by the way, if you are a member of the Cigar Dave Officers Club, next week you will be receiving the February Officers Club selection of Rocky Patel Royale Cigars, a lovely medium, medium plus flavored cigar with lovely notes of spice and espresso. Be on the lookout for that. Lieutenants, as you know, we are in the middle of campaign season, so a lot going on. But before I get to two items, specifically about Hillary Clinton and Governor John Kasich, I would like to talk about Obama announcing that he will be visiting Cuba in March. As you know, my policy on Cuba is very, very clear. It has been steadfast for multiple years. The Castros are, without any hesitation, brutal, thug, commie pinko bastard dictators. They do not allow the freedom of expression. They jail their dissidents. 
They have kept their own people down with the so-called revolution that has been a revolution of disaster. The island is living in the 1950s technology-wise. The cars they are driving are from the 50s. And the Cuban people are subject to food rations of uh, what? Uh, I don't know how many many, uh, pounds of rice and beans they get. But it is not a healthy economy. And the excuse that we hear from all these Americans including Obama and other people that have been spouting off about wanting to open up trade with Cuba, lifting the embargo, have said that we need to help the Cuban people, that by opening up the channels of trade, that number one, will help the Cuban people, and number two, it will promote a faster desecration of the communist government. The only nation in the free, forget it, not in the free world, in any part of the world, that does not trade with Cuba, is the United States of America. So for the last 50-some-odd years, France, Canada, Germany, Britain, Japan, China, you name the country, they have all conducted commerce and trade with Cuba. Yet we keep hearing, we have to open up Cuba. My feeling is very simple. No, we do not have to open up Cuba. We open up Cuba when the Castros go, when the government changes, when the political prisoners are released from the jail. I'm steadfast on it. I have been on numerous TV shows here in the Cigar City debating, talking about it over the last 20 years. And it is very apparent to me that what we are seeing now is Obama wanting to reach out to another enemy of America. Not the Cuban people that are enemies But the government, the Castros, are absolute enemies, not only of the United States, but of their own people. And we get nothing. Donald Trump is right. We get absolutely nothing. We have stupid leaders, including Obama, that instead of saying, you want us to open up uh, relations, you want us to start uh, working together, very simple. Release those political prisoners. You allow people to use the Internet. Freedom of speech, freedom of thought. You don't jail if they disagree with you. That hasn't happened. Obama negotiated from a position of weakness. And he announced this week that he will be visiting the Kami Pinko Castro Island in March, right around March uh, 21st to 22nd. And again, he'll be shaking hands with, uh, with Raul Castro, and who knows, maybe they'll trot out the other Pinko bastard, Fidel, and trot him out and use that for propaganda. And, of course, they are going to say... As soon as he gets there, they'll start hammering us that they want Guantanamo, that they want this, they want that, that we should give them reparations for the trade embargo. Screw the Castro and Kami government of Cuba. This week, Kathy Fidel Castro. I've nicknamed her Fidel years and years ago because she was against us. Those of us that enjoy cigars, she screwed out. She sold out the cigar industry, especially here in Tampa, by voting in favor of the S-chip tax, or I call it the bull chip, which is the state children's health insurance program. Good program, but it is being financed on the back of you and I, those of us that enjoy cigars, with a 53% federal excise tax on the cigars that we consume. And as soon as she voted it in, within a matter of months, because the tax really impacted machine-made cigars, the Have a Tampa factory, home to over 500 workers in the Cigar City, major employer, major contributor to the economy. 
The company Habitat, owned by Altadis, treated their employees great. They all had pensions. They had health insurance. They were treated great. Great paying jobs, gone, wiped out, and had a rippling effect. Did Kathy Castor care? No. But all of a sudden, Kathy Fidel Castor decided, the congresswoman from Tampa, that now all of a sudden she wants to help the cigar industry and is trying to get the FDA off the cigar industry's back. So she's a Benedict Arnold when it comes to cigars. And I know that I'm, I'm going to hear from manufacturers next week saying, General, you've got to be nice to her. You got, she's helping us out now. Yes, she screwed us, but she's helping us. I don't care. I'm resolute. Kathy Castor, the congresswoman from Tampa, Kathy Fidel Castor, is, first of all, is extremely dumb. She could be one of the stupidest congresspeople in the history of America. And I say that with 100% sincerity. She is not very bright. In fact, if you watch her at any committee hearings, which I do, everything has to be written. She cannot ask a question unless it's written on a card. And a classic was a number of years ago. I think it was two years ago. She was, whatever committee she was serving on, she was the last person to ask questions because she was the lowest ranking member at the time. So 15 other people went ahead of her. The question she asked, all written, had already been asked and answered, uh, asked by about six other Congress people and answered by the, the people who were testifying. And I looked and I said, this dame is really incredibly stupid. Did she not listen to what the other members of Congress on her committee just asked? And my answer was, no. She is too stupid. Well, this week, she went down to Cuba. And she proved her stupidity when she was interviewed by News Channel 8, the NBC affiliate who accompanied her down there on a visit to Cuba. And she is now the latest jumping on the bandwagon that we should, we should throw out the embargo, eliminate the, the embargo against Cuba. And here's what she had to say. And you judge and you tell me whether you think she's an idiot or not. What he will see is that Cuba continues to change. Their economy continues to reform. And I know he will be just as inspired as I am by the young, resourceful entrepreneurs. Okay, the economy is being reformed? What is she smoking? I, she must be smoking some of that legal, uh, legal dope from Colorado. Because if you look at the Cuban economy, there's nothing being reformed. Young entrepreneurs, that is called trying to survive by, by using a black market exchange of goods for services. So, yes, in a way they are entrepreneurs, but let's not be under any delusions like Kathy Castor is. The Cuban people are not free to own businesses. They are not free to own property. They are not free to say what they feel, what they, what they think. They are not free to oppose the Castro communist government. And yet we have a dingling like Kathy Fidel Castro. And it's so appropriate that I named her Fidel because, you know, Castro, Castor. I started calling her Kathy Fidel Castor during the S-chip issues. And clearly she sides with the Castro. So it's very appropriate that I named, I, I started referring to her as Kathy Fidel Castor. Wake up, Kathy. Sweetheart, it's over for you. If somebody hasn't told you, your career is done. You are incredibly stupid. And for you to be so dumb and naive to think that major reforms are going to go on in Cuba by lifting the embargo, you are dumber than I already know you to be. The fact is, lieutenants, the rest of the world has been trading with Cuba for the last 50 freaking years. 
and Cuba still can't get out of the out of their their communist manner in which they operate. So if you think that opening trade with the United States and Cuba is going to change the communist government, is going to make it better for the people of Cuba, you are smoking something that is not legal, and you are hallucinating. Lieutenants, we should not lift the embargo unless we get commitments from the Castro bastards that, one, the Cuban people will be allowed freedom, they will be allowed access to the Internet, to a free press, they will be allowed to vote for the candidates whom they choose, Until that time, Obama continues to show what a horrendous negotiator and leader he is. He is not a leader. And by going and giving the Castros, uh, 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 propping them up, it's exactly what they want. And let's look at it this way. We're the United States of America. Why should our president go down to Cuba? The Castros are really serious. Let those bastards come up to Washington and pay a visit and kiss our asses instead of Obama going to kiss their commie pinko asses. We will continue, lieutenants, around the corner. The Cigar Dave Officers Club selection this month is Rocky Patel Royale. It's a medium to full-bodied cigar with loads of flavor and complexity. The Rocky Patel Royale is cloaked in a beautiful Ecuadorian Sumatra wrapper, Connecticut shade and Connecticut broadleaf binders with Nicaraguan fillers. Not a member of the Officers Club, get these premium cigars shipped directly to you every month by signing up today at CigarDaves.com. Now, a few words from Rocky Patel about the decade. After 10 years of hard work, I'd like to introduce you to one of my favorite blends. It's called the Rocky Patel Decade. A great cigar. It's got a ton of flavor. It's rich. It's complex, yet elegant and well-balanced. Ecuadorian Sumatra wrapper, beautifully box-pressed cigar, and the Decade was the highest-rated cigar of 2008, receiving 95 points. In Cigar Insider, it was the number one rated cigar and also the number one rated brand. I promise you, you're going to love it. You know, I think the decade's a must-have. I mean, it's a cigar for the ages. I'm Rocky Patel, and I promise you, nobody works harder than we do to make you a great quality cigar. Come visit us at RockyPatel.com. Surgeon General warning, cigars are not a safe alternative to cigarettes. As a cigar connoisseur, one of the pleasures that we derive is walking into our retailer's humidor and seeing the latest and greatest in the world of cigars. Nine years ago, I had the idea that I wanted to share great cigars with the cigar lieutenants. So, the Officers Club was born. Every month, you will receive three fantastic premium cigars direct to your door, shipped in a very dapper Officers Club customized Ziploc cigar pouch. $22.95 per month gets you the latest and greatest in the world of cigars. No long-term contracts. You can cancel whenever you want. You enjoy great cigars right to your door. Names like Perdomo, Diamond Crown, Brickhouse, San Latano, Rocky Patel, Torano, CAO, Avo, Camacho, Greycliff, and many more. Join the Officers Club today. Go to CigarDave.com, click on Officers Club, and for $22.95, you'll get the latest and greatest in the world of cigars. If you're like millions of cigar buffs, you've enjoyed a love affair with Romeo y Julieta. Your passion has made it the world's best-known brand, trusted to deliver an excellent mild smoke. 
But now, you're ready for something new and avant-garde, something bolder with more panache. Now, there's Romeo by Romeo y Julieta, a modern, fuller-bodied smoke created to lead an exciting new trend in luxury cigars. Romeo is our finest Romeo y Julieta, an awesome manly smoke, robust and rich in complex flavor sensations. Each leaf is carefully selected, delicately aged, and meticulously crafted by expert hands full of wisdom and tenderness. Hands with decades of experience, culminating in an unforgettable smoke. Your first Romeo will blow you away. The passion you've always felt will soar to new heights. You'll discover the passion that burns within. Visit The Cigar Life on Facebook and Twitter. Surgeon General Warning. Cigars are not a safe alternative to cigarettes. Cigar Dave's health recommendation. Include ample amounts of wreckage and stackage in your daily diet. Screw the fruits and vegetables. Who doesn't like a good breast now and then? Chicken breast, of course. Turkey breast. And another type of succulent meat that I highly recommend that is top quality, very succulent, very tasty and juicy, corned beef or pastrami. And good news for deli. Enthusiasts, deli connoisseurs such as yours truly, you know that I love Katz's Delicatessen Lower East Side in New York. In fact, during Super Bowl for my Super Bowl festivities, during our Super Snacks weekend, I ordered, I think, five pounds of succulent corned beef from Katz's as well as five pounds of incredibly tangy and delicious pastrami, hand-cut, and I also ordered a whole bunch of... uh, spinach knishes and potato knishes. It was off the charts. And, of course, I used my Al Cohen's Jewish rye bread from my hometown of Buffalo, New York. Can't go wrong with that. Well, good news for deli enthusiasts. This week, the Carnegie Deli reopened after 10 months of being closed. 79-year-old institution, a deli institution, restaurant institution. Here's what happened. Last April... There was a uh, building explosion. Actually, I think it was like February or March. Number of, there was a big building explosion, and it turns out that Con Edison, the power provider and the gas provider, found that people in these buildings were, were tampering with the gas lines to try to bypass the meter. And they were doing it in unsafe, making the building really unsafe. And one of the buildings actually exploded, and, and so they sent all these inspectors out. And guess who was one of the people that were perpetrating uh, circumnavigating, circumventing the Con Ed gas line. Well, it was the Carnegie Deli or other people in the building that they were in on uh, 850, at 854 7th Avenue and 55th Street in Man- uh, Midtown Manhattan. So after the inspector discovered an illegal gas hookup, place was closed. Restaurant was closed. The owner had to settle a divorce from her husband and business partner who was caught cheating with an employee several years ago. I wonder if he was banging her over the pickle barrel. But in any event, the good news is the Carnegie Deli very quietly just made an announcement on their, uh, on their uh, Facebook page and website, and a week ago, Wednesday, they opened up. 
And they just put one simple note on Facebook. We look forward to welcoming back our family of employees, friends, and loyal patrons. And business has been booming. Now, there is a Carnegie Deli in Las Vegas at the Mirage, right across from the Sands Expo Center and the Palazzo and the Venetian, where the Cigar Retailers Convention will be held for the next three years. So you know where I will be, as well as Sergeant Steve and the rest of the crew. We will be over at the Mirage in the Carnegie Deli there, but I'm looking at the Carnegie menu. Let's see, what should I order? Ah, let's see, a little treat before you eat is what it says. Well, I'm not a pickled herring guy. Gefilte fish? Yeah, I'll do that. Kasha varnishkas? Not bad chopped liver? Not a chopped liver guy. Stuffed cabbage? Absolutely. Let's see. They've got uh, cotter cold borscht. Not a fan. Uh, matzo ball soup? That I could go for with extra matzo balls. If they have split pea soup, I'm in. Now, let's look at the important things. Let's look at the Carnegie Deli sandwiches. Oh, this one looks absolutely delicious. This is the Woody Allen. The sandwich that made Broadway Danny Rose famous for the dedicated connoisseur corned beef plus pastrami. This thing looks like it's probably about, I'm not kidding you, two pounds of pastrami, 29 99. Now, let's take a look at some other uh, sandwiches that they have. Oh, this one looks good. The Carnegie Deli brisket, 1999. Now, you're saying 1999 for a sandwich? This is not an ordinary sandwich. This is some major quality smoked and processed dead animal meat that is on the bread. You're not going to get a sandwich like you get from from some you know, Midwest Deli, where they're going to put four ounces of, of turkey on there or four ounces of corned beef. And by the way, Boar's Head is not corned beef or pastrami. Any deli that tries to pass that garbage off as pastrami or corned beef should be immediately closed. The real deal is from Carnegie. It's from Katz's. It, uh, back in the day, it was from Wolfie's down in Miami Beach. But those of you that have been down to the real delis, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You get a huge sandwich. It is delicious. You get the sides, some potato pancakes on the side, and you are good to go. You want a salad? They're humongous. So next time I'm in New York, I'm going to do the deli tour. First stop, Katz's. Second stop, Carnegie. I may just go back and forth for the next uh, two, three days that I'm in, in New York just doing that. But I'll tell you one place I won't go to. That restaurant per se, I call it Persoso. Ate there a number of years ago. Worst meal and most overpriced meal ever. It's like an eight-course meal with a total of 2.7 ounces of food in total. You'll want to go to the Carnegie or Katz's for a corned beef sandwich after. That's exactly what I did. The General is always on Twitter. Delivering breaking news. Giving you the latest intel on cigars. And battling the enemies of pleasure. Chat with the General now at Cigar Dave Show. It's an exquisite day here at the Jensen Estate patio overlooking the 13th green. And we're underway. Jim Jensen has chosen his favorite stick. The Diamond Crown Number no. 4 by J.C. Newman. See the way he holds the cigar, Tom? Mm-hmm. Excellent balance and heft. Ooh, he's eyeing the silky Connecticut Shade Wrapper. Fermented twice for the smoothest, richest flavor. And hand-rolled by the Fuente family with a blend of six to seven distinct Dominican and Caribbean basin tobacco leaves. Each lovingly aged for at least five years. Oh, now Jensen's lighting up the Diamond Crown. He's 
Tom's got a precision burn, Tom. Mm, those highly complex flavors with hints of dark chocolate really deliver, Bill. Yes, like all cigars in J.C. Newman's premium diamond crown line. That'd be the highly rated Maximus and the Julius Caesar. Ah, now Jensen's settling in, rolling the rich smoke through his nose. Look at the satisfaction on his face, Bill. Oh, a thing of beauty, Tom. Experience the premium Diamond Crown brand by J.C. Newman at select retailers or Diamond Crown Lounge near you. Find us on Facebook at J.C. Newman Cigar Co. or visit diamondcrown.com. If you're a member of Cigar Dave's Officers Club, you will receive in February the Rocky Patel Royale, a delicious cigar, medium to full flavored, with notes of spice and bold espresso. The Rocky Patel Royale, coming soon to your mailbox. With an unlimited and secure supply of pleasure sticks available for the general to enjoy, it's time for National Cigar Litation Maneuvers. I have pulled out a cigar that goes back the same year, was launched the same year that I launched the Cigar Dave Show, the forerunner to the Cigar Dave Show, Smoke This, subsequently named the Cigar Dave Show, back in 1995. November 95, to be specific, Carlos Fuente Sr. and Jr. launched what would be probably amongst the most well-known brands in the world when it comes to cigars, a project they had worked on for many years. The idea, the vision was to grow their own wrapper filler binder in the Dominican Republic. It had been difficult to do, but Carlos Fuente Sr. and Jr. purchased a farm from the Oliva Tobacco family here in the Cigar City of Tampa. They renamed it Chateau de la Fuente. Beautiful parcel of land in the Dominican Republic, not far from Santiago, where the Fuente factories are located. And they created the Fuente Fuente Opus X. Beautiful cigar using a Rosado wrapper grown on Chateau de la Fuente. It is a full-flavored cigar. It is very rich, very sought-after, very limited in production. Here it is 20 years later, still extremely sought-after. And I have pulled out the Perfection Number 2. It is a lovely-looking cigar, Dominican Puro, Dominican wrapper, filler, and binder. Suggested retail... For this beautiful Bellicoso, six and three-eighths inches in length with a 52 ring gauge, just looks gorgeous in my hand. Carlito Fuente personally gave this to me, I want to say it was just after New Year's, about five years ago. He was at uh, my uh, Pleasure Palace in the Cigar Abe Lounge, and we shared some uh, great stories, conversation, fellowship, cigars, libations, and he uh, whipped out a whole bunch of great cigars and this cigar now is five years of age. Beautiful looking stick. The, the band is incredible. The wrapper on this is oily. It's shiny. Wonderful aroma. It is just tastes, it smells so good you almost want to eat it instead of smoking it. 
a beautiful-looking torpedo, beautiful cigar, the Fuente Fuente Opus X. 20 years later, still the one of the top cigars in the world, still extremely sought after, still very, very limited because the amount of Rosado wrapper grown on Chateau de la Fuente is limited. And as Carlito always says, we're always subject to... Mother Nature, so we can never overproduce. We always need to make sure we have plenty of wrapper on hand to maintain our consistency in production year in and year out. The Fuente Fuente Opus X Perfection Number Two, my cigar of choice today. Cigar altering and highly sharpened leaf exposing device. Well, I used a cigar perforator last week. Not going to do that this week for my. Fuente Fuente Opus X Perfection Number Two. So I'm going to use a self-sharpening double-edged stainless steel guillotine to cut the perfect amount of the head off of this cigar to expose just the right amount of filler leaves to deliver a cool, wonderful, satisfying smoke. Maximum BTU flame throwing and heat producing apparatus. Well, I've got this uh, litation device from. Alec Bradley. Actually, when I was visiting Alan Rubin not too long ago at Alec Bradley World Headquarters down in Fort Lauderdale, they had these lighters, and I said, you know, those are great lighters. You gave me one a few years ago. I don't know what I do with this. In general, take a few. Enjoy them. And that's exactly what I'm doing. It's just a beautiful, looks like a, it really looks like a tea kettle almost, but it's got a beautiful burner on top, almost looks like a Bunsen burner, huge tank, very elegant way to light your cigar. Uh, you should have one of these in your cigar lounge or wherever you enjoy your cigars. It's a nice tabletop edition. Works beautifully. That's what I will use today on my Fuente Fuente Opus X. Cigar, cigar pre-lightation checklist complete. No faults detected. Area clear of all enemies of pleasure. Approval to go throttle up in three, two, one. All right. And again, the one thing you want to do with a torpedo or a pyramid, pointed head, you never want to take too much off. One of the reasons the torpedo is such a popular size is because it's got a smaller ring gauge towards the top, very comfortable to place in your mouth. So you don't want to go down an inch uh, where the ring gauge is at its, at its maximum at 52. So I'm going to gently, I'm going to take my time on this. There's one. Two. Perfect. Now I've got it properly cut just the way that I want to enjoy it. And now I will take my Alec Bradley lactation device here. This beautiful looks like a kettle, as I said, a tea kettle. And I have now got the flame raging. I will toast the foot of this cigar. And as I do, mm. oh boy, what a great draw. Mm. Mm, mm, mm. I tell you something, every time I light an open, mm, Fuente Fuente Opus X, I am always satisfied. It's a full-flavored cigar, Lieutenant, so I'm not going to kid you in any way, shape, or form. You're looking for a mild-bodied cigar, probably want to go with a, I would say, the Arturo Fuente uh, Chateau series or a, a, a Florafina 858. Don Carlos is a nice medium-flavored cigar, and it's interesting because Carlos Fuente Sr. always says... Uh, he always gives me these special Don Carlos cigars that he makes. Just special blend just for him. Gives them to me in bundles. He doesn't put them in boxes. 
And he says, here, take these. These are my favorite, even better than the Opus X. But you can't go wrong with any of them. And my Fuente Fuente Opus X Perfection Number 2 is properly lit. What a magnificent aroma. Mmm. Magnificent taste. And now I need something to help wash it down. Scotch, bourbon, and beer. Commence thirst-quenching libationary maneuvers. Well, I'm going to call this the Colonel Ange Cocktail. As you know, Colonel Ange, who is in charge of the Western New York Theater of Operations and all grilling and uh, smoking as well as cooking maneuvers in the pooch pit, both north and south, his favorite is gin and tonic. Now, I have pulled out the Bombay Sapphire Distilled London Gin. I should tell you that, first of all, what is gin? We've talked about gin, but gin is a spirit which derives its prominent flavor from various botanicals, including juniper, juniper berries. And the origins, earliest origins of gin go back to the Middle Ages. Over the course of a millennium, it was a herbal medicine, and now it is one of the most popular spirits today. And as we look at Bombay gin, Bombay sapphire, there are two types. First of all, there is the Bombay London Dry Gin, the regular, which is 80 proof, comes in a clear glass bottle. And then they have the Bombay Sapphire London Dry Gin, which is blue glass, 94 proof. The difference, not only between the proof, the amount of alcohol, is the number of botanicals that are used. The Bombay Sapphire is infused with 10 different botanicals. First and foremost, juniper. Their juniper comes from the hills of Tuscany. Those berries are the heart of the Bombay Sapphire Botanical Recipe. Then, lemon peel. Grains of Paradise. Coriander. They have cuba berries. Orris root. Believe it or not, some bitter almonds from Spain. Cassia bark. Licorice. Angelica. Combined... They're all infused, and this was launched about 20 years ago, maybe a little bit longer, maybe about 25 years ago, the Bombay Sapphire. So what I'm going to do is make a Colonel Ange cocktail, which is the good old-fashioned gin and tonic. I'm going to take some ice. I'm going to put it into my short rocks glass here. Now I'm going to take my Bombay Sapphire, big blue bottle, in fact, I do not have a 750 of this. This is 1.75 liters. Uh, in fact, let's see. I think there's about two ounces left. I think Colonel Ange polished it all off from uh, Super Snacks. But you can never go wrong. Let me pour a little bit over here. And now what I'm going to do is open up a little tonic water. I got this. little bottle of that. We're going to add the tonic. And now I'm going to stir it. And I've got just a bit, so you can use lemon, you can use lime. I like a lemon and lime, so I'm going to squeeze a little bit of lemon, squeeze just a little bit of lime, stir it one more time, and I will say cheers, lieutenants. Mmm. It is cool, it is refreshing. The Colonel Ange cocktail, the gin and tonic. And I definitely prefer the Bombay Sapphire compared to the regular Bombay London Gin, because the additional juniper, 
The additional infusion gives it just a little bit more flavor, a little bit more complexity. Mm. Such an elegant cocktail. Any time of year, very delicious, not overly sweet, but just enough. Last thing I want to do is have something that's going to taste like candy. That's not what I enjoy. So the Colonel Ange cocktail, the gin and tonic with Bombay Sapphire, my libation of choice. Thoroughly enjoy. Great combination with my Fuente Fuente Opus X. They complement each other. Very nice way to go. So now, lieutenants, I've got my cigar and I've got my libation. And I remind you that in hour number two, we'll be joined by Alan Rubin. I was visiting uh, South Florida about three weeks ago and had the opportunity to spend an hour with Alan. Actually, a little bit more than that. But uh, for our interview, we've got an entire hour talking about the history of the company, some of their cigars, what they're working on now. I think you will find it to be most enjoyable. Lieutenants, when we come back, we will get back into the campaign mode. We'll talk about Hillary Clinton, what she did in Reno, Nevada, her impression of a dog. And also we'll talk about John Kasich and the request that came from one of his attendees at his town hall in Clemson, South Carolina on Thursday. We'll discuss it. It tended to lean a little bit towards beta at the end, and we will get into that, lieutenants, as we continue front and center. The February selection for the Cigar Dave Officers Club is Royale from Rocky Patel Premium Cigars. This gorgeous cigar has initial flavors of sweet spice and espresso that transition to roasted almonds, leather, and earthy undertones. It has an Ecuadorian Sumatra wrapper, Nicaraguan fillers, and two binders from Rocky Patel's own proprietary farms in Nicaragua. It's easy to join the Officers Club to have these cigars shipped directly to you. Just log on to CigarDave.com. In 1964, Jose O. Padron began rolling cigars bearing his name in modest surroundings with one guiding principle, always focus on quality, never on quantity. Nearly 40 years later, Padron cigars are recognized for their superior taste and majestic construction. The result of Padron controlling all aspects of the cigar-making process, including planting their own seeds, growing and curing their own tobacco, and constantly supervising the rolling room. To Wall Street, it is called vertical integration. To the Padron family, it's called making great cigars. The Padron lines include the Padron 1964 Anniversary Series and the Padron Traditional line. All Padron cigars are wrapped in Nicaraguan sun-grown Habano tobacco, available in natural or maduro. Experience Padron. For your Padron retailer, call 1-800-453-5635. When Padron is on the band, quality is a matter of family honor. Surgeon General warning. Tobacco use increases the risk of infertility, stillbirth, and low birth weight. America is under attack. Basic freedoms, privileges, and acts that we would normally take for granted are disappearing each day, including the simple ability to enjoy a cigar. This is Glenn Loop, Executive Director of Cigar Rights of America, CRA. At a time when elected officials should be thinking about education, public safety, and creating jobs, they are actually thinking about smoking bans, new taxes, and regulations of historic proportions on premium cigars. The cigars that provide us with pleasure, relaxation, and fellowship are under attack. We have to stop it. 
That's why Cigar Rights of America was created, to work for a new political day for cigar enthusiasts across America, to roll back restrictive laws and defeat onerous taxes and regulations that impact everyone from your local cigar shop to your personal humidor. For the price of a few great cigars, be a part of this effort to protect your right to enjoy a cigar without excessive taxation and cumbersome legislation. Go to CigarRights.org. Let's tell the government we've had enough. Join now, CigarRights.org. Martinis, shaken, not stirred, and dames, racked and stacked, continues Cigar Dave Show Pleasure Maneuvers. And my Colonel Ange cocktail, gently stirred, my Bombay Sapphire vapor-infused gin, a little bit of uh, tonic, twist of lime and lemon, and it is a beautiful accompaniment to my, hmm, Fuente, Fuente, hmm, Opus X. What a great aroma what a great taste all good big day today lieutenant says you know south carolina gop primary in nevada it is the democrat or taxocrat caucus hillary clinton campaigning in nevada reno to be specific i wonder if she went out to the moonlight bunny ranch not far from reno if she was out there who knows uh, they got a lot of girls that i'm sure hillary would have enjoyed uh, for at least a couple hours give her a little stress relief because we know certainly that she prefers the dames rather than Rather than Bill, that's a fact. Well, she was trashing Republicans, no surprise, on Monday in Reno. She started to talk about this story where in Arkansas there was a radio commercial and every time the announcer said something that was untrue, this dog barked. So let's pick it up from there. This is Hillary Clinton in one of her finest moments. And I, I, one of my favorite, favorite political ads of all time was a radio ad, rural Arkansas, where the announcer said, wouldn't it be great if somebody running for office said something, we could have an immediate reaction as to whether it was true or not? Well, we've trained this dog. And the dog, if it's not true, he's going to bark. And then the dog was barking on the, on the radio. And so you know, people were like barking at each other for days after that. I'm trying to figure out how we can do that with the Republicans. You know? We need, we need to get that dog and follow, follow him around, and every time they say these things, like, oh, you know, the Great Recession was caused by too much regulation, you know? I, I think we could, we could cut right through a lot of their, uh, you know, their claims. Well, I can tell you this. I don't know what kind of dog she was emulating. Probably one of those chick dogs, like a Lasso Opso or a little Bijan Frise or... One of those other little chick dogs that you see women carrying on planes that take pictures with them. And by the way, lieutenants, if you ever see a woman that has like three of those chick dogs and they take a picture with it, stay away. Stay away. They'd rather stoop the dogs than they would you, guaranteed. But I can tell you one thing, that my German Shepherd Sultan does not bark, does not have that arf, arf, arf. His bark is more like woof, 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 especially when he sees taxocrats. Loves to feast on taxocrats. But I want to hear that one more. Let me hear the instant replay of Hillary Clinton doing her little doggy bark. (laughs) 
How the hell would you like to listen to her not only barking like that, but having to listen to her speak? She's so grating. It is just so annoying. And when she starts to speak and she starts to really try to emphasize and, 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 and become exclamatory in her, in her speeches, she gets grating. She sounds so grating and ugh, just so irritating. That, listen, I don't blame Bill for trying to stoop anything that moves. Because if you were married to Hillary looking at that and having to listen to that, you would be going out chasing tail 24-7, 365 too. Now, back in 2000, there was a great song from the Baha Men called Who Let the Dogs Out? Here's a little modification with Hillary. Who let the dogs out? 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 Oh, enough of Hillary. I have heard enough. All right, now let's move over to John Kasich, Governor John Kasich of Ohio having a, a little campaign town hall Thursday, Clemson, South Carolina. And a young man, I think probably college age, looked maybe he was in 18, 19, something along those lines, wearing a University of Georgia jacket. I think he drove up from Georgia. His name is Brett Duncan Smith. And he's had some tough times. And my, my, I'm not uh, certainly making fun uh, or, or, or any provocation in any way, shape, or form about some of the issues that he's had over the past years. You'll hear... But I have an issue with the ending of what he requests, because to me, it was very beta. Take a listen to the entire exchange between Brett Duncan Smith and John Kasich. Over a year ago, uh, a man who was like my second dad, uh, he killed himself. And then a few months later, my parents got a divorce. And then a few months later, my dad lost his job. But And I was in a really dark place for a long time. I was pretty depressed. But I found hope. And I found it in the Lord and in my friends. And now I've found it in my presidential candidate that I support. And I'd really appreciate one of those hugs you've been talking about. <laughs> and then they go on to hug. Now, I am in no way, shape, or form belittling or making fun of what he went through. Because obviously... Uh, it, it affected him dramatically, and, and, and it was very serious, uh, some of the things that he mentioned. However, at the end, when he said, I, I want a hug from my presidential candidate that I found so much hope for, that just screamed of beta. It just, and then watching that exchange, listen, never in a million years would I ever say, Donald J. Trump had some issues going on, but you are my presidential candidate, I want to have a hug. It just is, it screams beta. Not the beginning of what he exclaimed. I have no problem with that whatsoever. But asking a hug from a presidential candidate, you're going to get hope from a presidential candidate? I just don't see it. It just is too wussified beta for me. And it just in no way, shape, or form represents the alpha. And again, not going after what making fun in any way, shape, or form about the tragedies that befell him over the past year, uh, because I don't, I certainly would not want to. Uh, that sounds like it, would, it was very serious on him and, and inflicted an emotional toll. But to ask for a hug from his presidential candidate, I'm sorry, just screams wussified beta. 
not happening. And I do wish Brett Duncan Smith well. I hope that uh, the next year certainly is better for him than it was over the last year. Uh, Lieutenants, hour number two today. We will be joined just right around the corner. We'll be joined by Alan Rubin, Alec Bradley Cigars. Very informative uh, interview. Not really an interview. It's just a great conversation. Alan and I lit up a number of cigars, and we just started conversing back and forth. And what we thought would be about 20 minutes, maybe a couple of segments, ended up more than an hour, and we actually had to cut it down a little bit. But I think you're going to find it very enjoyable. Those of you that are members of my Officers Club, the February 2016 selection coming your way next week. They are going out Tuesday. It is the Rocky Patel Royale Our lovely notes of espresso, some sweet spice, beautiful dark Ecuadorian oily wrapper, the Officers Club coming your way next week. If you're not a member, go to CigarDave.com. And don't forget, check out CigarDave.com. Be sure to download the Cigar Dave mobile app. And don't forget, follow me on Twitter, at Cigar Dave Show, Facebook.com slash Cigar Dave. We're also on Instagram. Just go to CigarDave.com, upper right-hand corner. You can follow us all the way around. As now we get into the primary later today and the caucus in Nevada, I will be tweeting a firestorm. Lieutenants, hour number two with Al. Alan Bradley of Alec Bradley Cigars, right around the corner. The February 2016 Officers Club selection is the Rocky Patel Royale, a delicious cigar with notes of spice and bold espresso. The Rocky Patel Royale. If you're not a member of the Officers Club, go to CigarDave.com and join. This is CCRN, the Cigar Connoisseur Radio Network. Broadcasting from Humidor 1A in the cigar city of Tampa, Florida, USA. Welcome to the Cigar Dave Show, your weekly excursion into the world of cigars, spirits, and diversions. The cigar and pleasure-friendly hotlines are open. 877-DAVE-007. Now, fire up a cigar and pour yourself a cocktail. It's time for the General Cigar Dave. Welcome back. Hour number two, lieutenants. And I hope wherever you are, you are enjoying the alpha male lifestyle. Your cigar is providing you tremendous satisfaction. Your libation is providing you with cool, refreshing enjoyment. Your feet are propped up and you are enjoying this Saturday or whatever day that you may be listening, whether it's CigarDave.com or on the Cigar Dave mobile app, or on one of our coast-to-coast nationwide affiliates. Three weeks ago, I had the opportunity to spend an afternoon at Alec Bradley headquarters in Fort Lauderdale with Alan Rubin, George Sosa, Ralph Montero, the entire Alec Bradley crew, and we were able to converse, so I hope you enjoy learning more about Alec Bradley cigars and what is in store. And a pleasure to welcome a longtime friend to the Cigar Dave show, Alan Rubin, the founder of Alec Bradley Cigar. Alan, I think this is your fifth office uh, headquarters since I've, I've known you that you've moved into, and this is by far the most palatial and uh, most functional. And I remember when you started way back in a small little warehouse, and here we are, what is it, about 15, 16 years later? Correct. Uh, it's funny that you remember all the, uh, all the places that we've been located. I remember my First humidor was a 10 by 10 closet that we built onto an existing uh, office space. I remember that very well. Yeah. And then um, 
from there, we moved. We really stepped it up. Uh, we actually converted a little kitchen dining area. Uh, I enclosed it with some glass sliding doors, and because it had water, because it was a kitchen, we were able to have some humidity, and that became my uh, my second humidor. So, yeah, we've uh, we've been able to grow a little bit, and uh, we wanted an opportunity to move into a place that we could uh, be here for a while and, and grow into. And you certainly have, and, uh, you know, I look at the people around here that have been with you a long time. First, got to mention Ralph Montero, who I've known for the entire 20 years since I started the show when he was working down for Tropical Tobacco, had his own brand called Montero, which is a great cigar. And Ralph likes to work behind the scenes. He doesn't like the spotlight, but he's been your right-hand guy for a very long time. Yeah, I mean, this is just something we do together. Um, you know, it, uh, unfortunately for me, someone had to be the face of the company. But um, uh, it, this is, it's, it's a partnership. I mean, it's, it's a team. Uh, starting with Ralph, I've had uh, Lori, who's been with me, uh, probably 16, 17 years, maybe, uh, somewhere right around there. Um, you know, people like George Sosa, you know, the Master Chief. You know, Master Chief, your VP of Sales, who we've known for a long time and uh, always has some great one-liners and great jokes. Yeah, yeah, I've heard him, I've heard him do two hours. Uh, None we can repeat, by the way. Not one. <laughs> he, we, I call him the equal opportunity offender. That's exactly. He's the Don Rickles of Alec Bradley cigars. <laughs> he really is. And uh, but what's interesting is not only does it bring a lot of levity, but um, you know he'll be sitting in a meeting, not saying anything, half hour, forty five minutes, and all of a sudden he comes up with a gem. You know, it's a kind of the diamond of the rough that, from all of his experience on the road and everybody he knows, he just is able to put it together, and he brings a lot of great qualities to this company. Alan, let's talk about the history of Alec Bradley. It's named after your children, mm-hmm. Alec and Bradley. Yeah. Very creative, and uh, or as I call you, uh, Alec Bradley, uh, uh, on, on occasion, Alec Bradley Rubin, I should say. But uh, you named it after them. You were not in the cigar business. You and your dad, I believe, were in some other business. Yeah, we were uh, importers of bolts, nuts, and screws uh, down here. And um, when the hurricane, when Hurricane Andrew hit down here, we kind of turned the company to be able to pro- uh, provide hurricane fasteners and. A few, our company was growing very rapidly for the next three or four years, and then someone came in and and uh, bought the company. And but after they bought the company, I was still consulting with them for a year. And I think from the time they came and made the offer on the company to the time we closed, which was sixty days, um, I incorporated Alec Bradley. My kids were one in four at the time. Did you know you wanted to go in the cigar business, or it was just that you enjoyed cigars? What, what, what prompted you to say, I'm going to go from nuts, bolts, and screws to cigars? Although there are a lot of nuts in the business. There's no question. Yeah, yeah. And, a, and a little bit of screwing. But... Right. <laughs> a lot of screwing. <laughs> um, you, you know, it actually it wasn't my idea. Um, you know, every morning I'd come into, the, in, into my office back then, and I had a cup, uh, a cup of coffee uh, and a cigar, 7 o'clock in the morning. That's how I would you know, drive into work. And then at that time you could smoke in your offices. The good old days. The good old days. Right. And, um, after I had sold the company, one of my guys in the warehouse asked me what I was going to do next. And I really had no clue. I said, once I sell the company and I'm done consulting, I'm going to take six months off, figure out what I want to do and then go into my next venture. And yet, like I said, before I even signed on the dotted line, I had already incorporated Alec Bradley cigars. And what happened was one of my warehouse guys had said to me, you know, you should probably go in the cigar business. You smoke a cigar every morning at 7 a.m. and smoke throughout the day. And I never really thought about it. And and the truth is, when I got in the business, I really knew what end to cut and what end to light. And that was pretty much it. So the first cigar that Alec Bradley ever came out with was what? 
Bogies, stogies. Bogies, stogies for the golf course. And my catch line was the only bogey you'll ever enjoy on the course. And that is in the Smithsonian Institution, I understand. <laughs> yeah. we, still, we still have a couple of the original bundles that we put away. Bogies, stogies. And, I, you know, I've got to relay this story because I remember now you've got, of course, a huge presence at the IPCPR, the Cigar Retailers Convention, a huge space. You've got probably 30, 40 people working in there. But I remember, it seems not that long ago, Alan, when you and Ralph, Ralph Montero, were the only two guys working the booth. And I remember you had the brand Trilogy. Right. And it was a triangle. It looked like a triangle shaped. If you look at the di- you know, looked on at head end, and you actually had little cutouts, little triangles where you stored the cigars. And uh, I remember seeing you every morning going, opening up the booth, in the afternoon leaving the booth. And uh, you know, but you don't forget those times because I always say it's not just the destination; it's the journey along the way. You are one hundred percent correct. And and there's a story behind trilogy. I don't know if you know the story, but. Uh, what happened was I had gone on a uh, fishing trip with some guys in the business uh, that I was invited to, and I did a lot of listening. Uh, I was with a couple of people, one being Tim Osgener, formerly of, of uh, CAO. The best impressionist in the cigar, formerly in the cigar business. Without a, he, Right, and he, after the business, he should have gone into stand-up, Absolutely. which is where he came from. And, um, but I was with him and uh, a couple of other people, and I did a lot of listening. And one of the things that they said was, you can't just come up with another cigar. You know, there has to be something different about it. And I, at that point, I was thinking about it, and, and the triangular shape was kind of interesting to me because it took a larger ring gauge at the time and made it feel a little bit smaller, which was more in style back then. And so I, uh, I actually went to Home Depot, and they were demoing a DeWalt table saw. And I said, well, does this thing cut angles? And he said, yeah, it does. So I went and bought some wood, and I asked him to cut on the angles, some wood on the angles. And I came back, and I glued them together, and I put them in a vice press here in our office, and I created the first triangular cigar here. And, um, of course, Ralph, who was more of a traditionalist, said, you know, what are you doing? And I said, well, it's kind of cool, and it's a little bit different, and it kind of feels great in the hand and in the mouth, and I think we should do it. And uh, I said, look, either it's going to sell or I'm going to have a lot of triangular cigars to smoke. And uh, needless to say, it was a big hit for our company. And that really began. And then you really had a good association with Hanky Kellner, uh, the man who's behind Davidoff, but also had a factory, Occidental Cigars, I believe. That's correct. Yeah, the Occidental was, uh, was one of those original factories. And didn't you have an Occidental brand that you came out with? We actually still do, um, which is still made. Uh, Hanky still makes for us. But... Uh, we were trying to understand on some level um, what Hanky wanted to achieve and what we wanted to achieve. And I always ask that question whenever we're working with people is, what is it that you want out of this? And he said, I'd like to build the factory name. Now, I would not necessarily ever name a brand Occidental Reserve, but it did what Hanky had wanted at that time. And, um, and we were able to get a great cigar with a great maker behind it with, with Hanky. And um, it was at a very bad time. We, we launched it in December of 1999. So first of all, launching, launching in, uh, in December is a bad time to bring out a cigar. Uh, the boom was just over. There were 300 million cigars imported and only 200 million consumed. And I said, oh, this is a business I want to really get into and do. So, I mean. Hello, nuts, bolts, and screws. <laughs> almost, almost ended up right back there, yes. It's very true. But when you go through that difficult time and, We'll talk about that, but that makes you really appreciate today uh, where you are. And, you know, you don't want to forget those moments because it makes you – I think it, it makes 
the taste of success far sweeter. And I always tell people, people say, well, you're overnight success. I said, right, it only took 20 years to get there. And people think they're shortcuts, and there really isn't. And you, did, you went through some tough times. Well, there's no doubt that the cigar business is all about time, right? There's time to grow the tobacco, time to age you know, the, for, the tobacco, ferment the tobacco, uh, time to develop the brand, uh, time to develop your company. Um, there's a lot of patience that's, that's needed. Uh, even when you are blending and making cigars, um, you know, you blend it, you have to go back, you have to let that sit in the proper humidity and, and situation at the factory. You have to head back down to Central America, thir- you know, in 30 days or 45 days and smoke that. Sometimes you have something, most of the time you have nothing and you have to keep going. So coming up with blends and, 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 uh, and lines and concepts is seven, eight months, sometimes a year. So. And, you know, interesting you bring up time, Tempest. And we'll get to Tempest because there are some great stories about Tempest. Sometimes Tempest, which is Latin for time, moves slowly. And we'll, we'll get into that. But uh, so you, you had the trilogy. You had Occidental. You, you went through the post-boom period. And it seemed as though you kept trying new things. And Tempest, I remember we were here. This has got to be, what was it, Alan, maybe eight years ago, nine years ago, ten years ago? How long has Tempest been around? Yeah, I would say it's uh, about eight years ago now. Went to come see you and with George and Ralph, and we all went out to lunch. And you said, Dave, here, try this cigar. I said, okay, what is it? He said, well, don't say anything yet, but we've been working on this for about a year. We're going to call it Tempest, which you said in Latin means time. And I said, when are you going to come out with it? You said, probably about six months. But actually, it should have been called Slow Tempest, slow time, because I think it was, what, another three, four years? Uh, actually, it wasn't, it wasn't, you know, it's funny. Back then, you're right. It was probably uh, maybe nine or nine and a half years ago that we were together, and I think we launched it uh, about eight years ago. So it took me, what I thought was going to be six months, took me probably another year. And I remember it vividly. First of all, I smoked the cigar. I said, where is this from? This new factory in, in Honduras that we've, we're working with. Try the cigar. We smoked it, and I said, this is great. This is a winner. And sure enough, the Tempest was really what I call maybe Alec Bradley 2.0. That really, I think, launched the company to a whole different level. Yeah, it was definitely a breakout cigar for us. Uh, I mean, we had had some successes prior, um, Trilogy being one. Max was a, a success in its own way for what it did for us and our company. But Trilogy is really what put us on the map. Uh, it was our first cigar rated that rated 94 in Cigar Aficionado, and, and people were paying attention to us at that time. Talking with Alan uh, Rubin of Alec Bradley Cigars, the Tempest you launch, huge success now we look at Tempest, and you've got three different brands, or, or I should say line extensions. There was the original Tempest, which you've now renamed the Tempest Natural, the Tempest Maduro, and your latest, you launched this past summer, off the charts, Tempest Nicaragua. Yeah, we were really excited about, um, uh, first of all, we actually, when we came up with the third line of, of, uh, of the Tempest Nicaragua, the third line in the group, we decided to kind of repackage everything so there was a more unified look uh, amongst all the Tempest um, iterations. And um, Tempest Nicaragua is, it was a complete departure from some things that we've done in the past. Um, you know, we're, 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 we're blending with uh, some different tobaccos now. All the, obviously, you're calling it Tempest Nicaragua. It's all Nicaraguan tobacco from different farms, from different areas. And we're excited because it gave us a new, um, a little bit of a new profile that we did not have in our lineup before. And when you look at Tempest, you then launched, I think, was it Prensado that came out next? Yes. 
Yeah, after Tempest, we had come out with Prensado. And I love the Prensado. I love the feel of that cigar. Nice square press cigar. Nice flavor. That did, and it's still doing very well. Yeah, and uh, you know, Prensado was a big hit for us. Uh, it wasn't the year we launched it, but the following year uh, that it got the number one cigar in the world, rated 96 with Cigar Aficionado, and it really that was also a game changer for our company. And the I just. One of the cigars that we'll get to, which you've just uh, launched, is the Alec Bradley Post Embargo, which is off the charts, which we'll get to. But I just lit up the Alec Bradley Tempest Natural, and you've made some tweaks to it along the way, and it's better than ever. Yeah, well, you know, ultimately, there were some changes uh, in Tempest a few years back, and it was not something that we did by design. Uh, when Prensado took off, um, we had to we had to give it. Uh, a lot of the resources needed to try and fill demand. You know, after getting number one, it's a bit of a change in terms of productions. And so we ended up, Tempest ended up suffering, you know, ultimately. And so now that we were able over the last year and a half to really correct all the problems in the factories and getting things back in line, we tweaked Tempest back to its original, which got the 94 rating. We, We tweaked it back to that flavor. And truth be told, without, you know, with our entire lineup, we have a pretty full portfolio right now. I seem to gravitate to Tempest Natural quite a bit. Well, we were just talking with Ralph before we started the interview, and you said, Ralph, go grab me a bundle of Tempest uh, uh, Natural, and you ended up going to grab him. Yeah, because he's my partner. He's not going uh, to take direction from me most of the time, to be honest I'll with you. Just me. give it to the Master Chief, George Sosa, who, by the way, has been walking by. We're in your beautiful lounge, by the way. I should beautiful leather chairs, sofas, great bar. Somebody likes Hudson Baby Bourbon and Hudson Whiskeys, Alan. Yeah, we are a... Uh, well, first of all, William Grant and Sons, uh, who owns the Hudson Line, are our partners, uh, our whiskey partners nationwide, soon to be worldwide. Where's the Balvini? Well, we actually do a lot with Glenfiddich, to be oh, honest okay. with you. Yeah. So uh, we do a lot of pairings around the, around the world now with, uh, with a lot of the Glenfiddich and the Hudson. Uh, they've been great supporters of ours. We do a lot of what's called deconstructive pairings, which is really cool. And I don't if you, can I tell you a little about that? Tell you what, hold that thought. And we continue with our conversation with uh, Alan Rubin of Alec Bradley Cigar from their uh, headquarters in Fort Lauderdale. We'll talk about their interesting pairing, plus some of their new cigars and some of their existing line as we continue front and center on The Cigar Dave Show. The Cigar Dave Officers Club selection this month is Rocky Patel Royale. It's a medium to full-bodied cigar with loads of flavor and complexity. The Rocky Patel Royale is cloaked in a beautiful Ecuadorian Sumatra wrapper, Connecticut shade and Connecticut broadleaf binders with Nicaraguan fillers. Not a member of the Officers Club? Get these premium cigars shipped directly to you every month by signing up today at CigarDave.com. I need to hit the bank before we get on the road. Is it your bank across town? No, no. It's right here. Uh, that's a tobacconist. Yeah, I need to pick up some annuities and currency. Did you knock your head really hard recently? I'm picking up the banker by H. Upman. Annuity and currency are two sizes. You know I don't understand all that financial mumbo-jumbo. And the banker is a new cigar made with rich tobaccos inspired by the original H. Upman that was created in 1844 by the Upman brothers, who were bankers by trade. It was given as unique present for their most important clients, and the prize cigar was stored in a vault under lock and key. The only thing my banker has ever given me was a calendar with pictures of his dog dressed as pinup models. It sounds like you need a new banker. 
Only if you're talking about the cigar. Purchase The Banker by H. Upman at your local tobacconist today and look for ways you can crack the code to the vault of The Banker by H. Upman. Surgeon General Warning. Cigar smoking can cause lung cancer and heart disease. The brand new Cigar Dave mobile app for both iPhone and Android devices is finally out. If you go right now either to the iTunes store or the Google Play store, Search for Cigar Dave and download our brand new app. It allows you to listen to the show live on your mobile device. You can listen to all of our podcasts. The last 10 podcasts are always available. Cigar Dave Daily Briefings. Additionally, it gives you direct access within the app to our Twitter page, our Facebook page. We also have the ability for you to call the show during the show right from the app, as well as send me a text message and an email. We also put in a couple of bonus items. You can get a weather uh, uh, alert as well as an alarm clock. It is the brand-new Cigar Dave mobile app. You can listen to the Cigar Dave show anytime, any place, anywhere. Go right now to the iTunes Store or Google Play Store and download the brand-new Cigar Dave mobile app. Hi, this is Rocky Patel. I'm here with my brother Nish and my cousin Nimish, and we're talking cigars. Guess what? They want me to vote on what my favorite cigar is. It's tough, but I'm going to go with the Decade. I love it. It's rich, decadent, and smooth. Rocky, you know what? The Decade's a great cigar, but the 15th anniversary, that's the cigar. That celebrated your 15 years in business, and I got to tell you, it's my favorite. You know what, Nish and Rocky, you both are wrong. The best cigar is Freedom by Rocky Patel. This cigar delivers a lot of spice, a lot of flavor, and in my opinion, it's the best cigar we make. As usual, we can't agree. But guess what? There's a great cigar for everyone. I promise you, nobody works harder than we do to make you a great quality cigar. Come visit us at RockyPatel.com. Surgeon General Warning. Cigars are not a safe alternative to cigarettes. Defending your rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of pleasure. It's the General Cigar Dave. And we welcome you back from Alec Bradley headquarters in Fort Lauderdale. I'm joined by Alan Rubin. We're continuing our conversation. Alan, we left off talking about some unique pairings with Glenfiddich and the cigars. Yeah, so one of the things that we did, uh, we, uh, we were able to get together with the people from uh, Glenfiddich, the brand managers, the senior brand managers there, and their ambassadors, and we did something called a we, we created something called a deconstructive pairing event, where what we did was we took the Glenfiddich 15 year old and Prensado, and what we did was there are three components of the of the or three different finishes uh, that make up the Glenfiddich 15. So there's a, a an aged bourbon barrel finish and a new American oak finish and a sherry cask finish, and so what they did was they broke the components out of Glenfiddich 15. And we broke the components out of Prensado. And what we did was we smoked a singular tobacco of Prensado and drank a little dram of the uh, New American Oak and then another and another. And and at the end, you got to drink a cask-strength 
Glenfiddich 15 and smoked the Prensado. So we kind of brought you to the factory, the cigar factory, and to the distillery right in your location. When will we be doing our deconstructive tasting, now or right after the interview? Well, to be honest with you, I think I do have uh, a lot of the pairing components for both here, so we can do it right after the interview. We will continue our conversation with Alan Rubin of Alec Bradley Cigar as we continue front and center on the Cigar Dave Show next. Check out the all-new CigarDave.com. Get info on the cigars and libations the general enjoys during the show. Get recipes from the pooch pit and drink cocktails, too. You can listen to the show on our 24-7 stream or download the latest podcast to listen to anytime. Get it all at CigarDave.com. Okay, people, we've just been awarded the Brickhouse Ad Account. Now, this cigar was named Best Bargain Cigar of 2009 by Cigar Aficionado, got a 91 rating, plus it's the hottest cigar on the market. So, we need an award-winning slogan. He's a brick. How? What about it's not your grandfather's cigar? Ah, it's been done. Next? How about good to the last draw? Ah, something original, people. You deserve a brick today? Now, who are you? Do you even work here? Excuse me, sir. Am I to understand that every Brickhouse cigar is built with all the flavor and quality of the premium cigars of yesteryear? Yesteryear? Really? That's right, Bixby. But yeah, it costs around five bucks each. Indeed. Well, sir, people don't really need a slogan. They don't? No, sir. Then what do they need? Five bucks and a comfortable chair. Five bucks and a comfortable chair, genius! Meet the perfect cigar to share with friends. Brickhouse by J.C. Newman. Handmade in Nicaragua with a fine Havana Subido wrapper. Brickhouse starts out earthy and crisp and burns well-rounded and smooth. Nothing stands the test of a good time like a Brickhouse. For more, visit BrickhouseCigars.com. If you're a member of Cigar Dave's Officers Club, you will receive in February the Rocky Patel Royale. A delicious cigar, medium to full flavored, with notes of spice and bold espresso. The Rocky Patel Royale, coming soon to your mailbox. One hundred percent USDA certified alpha male with zero trace of wussification. It's the General Cigar, cigar Dave. Dave. You know, Alan, we think about this is what cigars are all about: camaraderie, friendship, some spirits, a cigar. Sitting around in your lounge here, I know I was talking to George and Ralph. It's such a simple concept that many of the enemies of pleasure don't get because we're such happy people as as alphas and cigar connoisseurs. Yeah, this is about lifestyle. I mean, you know, in the cigar business, that's what we provide. We provide a component of lifestyle. And so no matter what the regulations and FDA and all the things that are going on, um, cigars are are not something that we have to have. It's something that we want to have, which is way more powerful. And the truth is, is not only do we do lifestyle pairings with Glenfiddich, but we also do it with Hudson. Uh, Hudson is the first uh, spirit distilled out of uh, New York since Prohibition. Um, they are a fantastic family-owned company, Alec Bradley being a family-owned company, uh, William Grant and Sons, who has the Balvenie and Glenfiddich as a family-owned company. So you can see the trend. I really like working with family-owned companies that uh, care first and foremost about the product that they put out. That Hudson uh, 
bourbon and, and Hudson whiskey story is great because I've had both the uh, owner and the master distiller on the show numerous times, and they told me the story that initially they wanted to do a rock climbing venue just north of Albany, and they got rejected. So they said, okay, well, we got to do something else. They came up with the idea of doing a distillery, and they said, well, if we didn't get approved to do a rock climbing venue, how are we going to get a distillery? Guess what? The distillery got approved. And New York is very pro uh, micro distilleries. Yeah, I actually had that conversation with Gable a couple of years back, and it was a great story. Um, and, and I have to tell you, the, the whiskey that they, that they do is fantastic. And they have a few different things. So people know about their baby bourbon. They may know about their Manhattan rye, but they also have another iteration called their four grain, which is just Outstanding. spectacular. Outstanding. So we really – it's important for us as a company. You know, we're a smaller company, and, and uh, it's really important that we pair with people who put quality first. And uh, and the pairings have been great. They're a great company to work with. And, you know, for, for your listeners out there, Dave, if, uh, if you go to an Alec Bradley event and you see that there's a pairing event or you go to a Glenfiddich or Hudson event and it's, you know, Alec Bradley cigars are there, it's a mind-blowing experience. It really is fantastic. We'll have to take a little sip and pair it with this uh, beautiful Tempest Natural when we get finished. Alan, let's talk about uh, some of the other lines in the Alec Bradley portfolio one of the cigars that I love that, that really is a labor of love between your father, George's father, Ralph's father, Family Blend. Yeah, I mean, uh, the joke with Family Blend is, uh, is that you could uh, have any size you want as long as it was a 50 by 5.5. That was the original size that we made because that was the one size that all the fathers liked at the time. And, uh, but, you know, as, as the company has grown and, and, and uh, as we've progressed as a company, we actually got rid of the original family blend, and we came out with the lineage, the family blend. Which is fantastic, because I know that uh, Ralph sent me some of those cigars, and George, and that is just fantastic. Incredibly smooth, a lot of flavor, very balanced, beautiful stick. Thank you. That was, uh, you know, it's interesting now, because um, my son Alec, uh, after graduating from college, um, decided he wanted to come into the business, and he's working with us full-time. And so the lineage has a lot of meaning now because my father is 88, and he's here every day, and now my son is here every day. So three generations uh, – it didn't start that way as a third-generation business, but now three generations, uh, you know, in my office every day. And uh, hopefully if um, – if the government stays out of our way, Alec will be a second-generation cigar maker. Yeah, and that's another story. Well, that's, that's definitely, uh, as you know, on the Cigar Dave Show, we've been hammering the EPA and the enemies of pleasure, those people that want to take away our right to enjoy a legal product, something that has been around for 500 years. And, and I say, when they're done with cigars, they're coming after your coffee, they're coming after your steak. And we have many listeners that do not smoke cigars, but they enjoy the, the lifestyle component. They enjoy the alpha male component of the show. And I always tell them, even if you don't smoke cigars, you better be careful because there will be a product that they will go after, whether it's soda or, as we said, coffee. And sure to form, they're already going after soda, and now they want to go after caffeine and our steaks, and it never ends. Yeah, I mean, as of right now, um, it just seems like uh, cigars, we just have a target on our back. Uh, we're just we're just the easiest target because we are a minority. And the truth is, cigar smokers on some level are rebels. Uh, we don't conform to the masses. The masses don't smoke. Um, we understand lifestyle. We don't want to hurt anybody else, but we don't want anyone to tell us what to do either. It's something that we're enjoying. Like I said, you like you said, 500 years cigars have been around. There are no medical studies showing that cigars cause any higher rate of mortality. There's nothing there. We just have a target on our back. And what you see is the politicians 
want to build their platform against tobacco and, and cigars because they know the masses will vote for that. So it's, it's, a, it's a little bit sad. But when we're done, the target goes to somebody else. You better believe it. And I always uh, refer to this story when George Burns hit 100. The reporters asked, George, what do your doctors think of you smoking all these cigars for so many years? He said, I don't know. They're all dead. <laughs> it's funny. I just read an article as well, again, talking about pleasure. Uh, a lady, uh, 109 years old, said, I don't drink a lot, but I drink whiskey every day. That's exactly right. And there's a, a, the oldest vet is down in Texas. I think he's 104, 106. And he said, I smoke cigars every day, and I have a little bit of uh, whiskey to keep my muscles nice and loose. And you know what? He's very lucid. He's on the ball, and it works. And my grandfather lived till 85, smoked six cigar, uh, cigars a day, had his crown royal every day. They knew how to relax. They knew how to enjoy themselves. And I think there's something to be said about that. Something, whiskey and cigars are so basic, we're bombarded with technology, with phones and, and with computers and email. There's something very relaxing about just putting it all down, having a cigar, having a libation, having a conversation like you and I are having right now. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, cigars are the bonding agent. You know, you can get two people that have nothing in common other than the cigars, and they can sit down and have a conversation for an hour. Um, I think over cigars also, egos are left behind. They're left outside the door. And the one thing about a cigar is you can't do it quickly. You have to slow down. Uh, if to really enjoy the cigar, you have an hour of relaxation. You know, I remember when I was in my business prior to being in the cigar business, I was a young guy. I was meeting with uh, a guy who owned a very large company. I was trying to do business with him. And we were competing against everyone who did what I did. And uh, he called me in a, into his office for the meeting. And if it was just about the pricing and what can you do, it would have been a 10-minute meeting. But he said to me, do you smoke cigars? And I said, I do. And we sat down for about three hours. We smoked cigars. And we talked about family. And uh, I ended up with the business. And that's, that's really what prompted me to get into the cigar business was the power of the cigar, the power of what it did to bring people together. And how could we lose that? How could we lose the opportunity to have a conversation? You know, the one thing I realized is interesting. I'm in this business almost 20 years. And a couple of months ago, I was sitting out in my backyard, and I was just relaxing, and I was smoking a cigar. And what I realized is when you have a cigar with you, you're never alone. You can be by yourself, but you have a cigar with you, you're never alone. You're thinking about your friends. You're thinking about your family about what's next in life. It's just a really pleasurable experience. You know, every time I light a cigar, I think of my grandfather, Cigar Abe, who I was very close with, uh, smoked his cigars in the wallpaper and paint business. From the time I'd get, my father would drop me off in the morning on a Saturday, had his cigar at 6 a.m., his gold labels. I'd go in the truck with him to different appointments. He'd have the cigar, and I loved the aroma, and I was the only grandchild to pick it up. But every time I think about it, I, I, I light a cigar, I think about him, and people say, of any person you could have a cigar with, who would it be? My grandfather, Cigar Abe. That's fantastic. That's a great story. And, and all of us were introduced by a family member. Yeah. It's very interesting. Yeah. I mean, it was very interesting. A very close friend of mine, you know, he ended up, he was my roommate in college. I knew him for many years and we're still very, very close. We, uh, we all go out to dinner, a lot of us, uh, every four to six weeks. And it was his father that gave me my first cigar at 22. And uh, I was just having a conversation with somebody recently who knew him. And said, oh, he was a great man. I said, you know, that guy gave me my first cigar, and today I'm in the cigar business. We will continue our conversation with Alan Rubin of Alec Bradley Cigar as we continue front and center on the Cigar Dave Show next. 
The February selection for the Cigar Dave Officers Club is Royale from Rocky Patel Premium Cigars. This gorgeous cigar has initial flavors of sweet spice and espresso that transition to roasted almonds, leather, and earthy undertones. It has an Ecuadorian Sumatra wrapper, Nicaraguan fillers, and two binders from Rocky Patel's own proprietary farms in Nicaragua. It's easy to join the Officers Club to have these cigars shipped directly to you. Just log on to CigarDave.com. In 1964, Jose O. Padron began rolling cigars bearing his name in modest surroundings with one guiding principle, always focus on quality, never on quantity. Nearly 40 years later, Padron cigars are recognized for their superior taste and majestic construction. The result of Padron controlling all aspects of the cigar-making process, including planting their own seeds, growing and curing their own tobacco, and constantly supervising the rolling room. To Wall Street, it is called vertical integration. To the Padron family, it's called making great cigars. The Padron lines include the Padron 1964 Anniversary Series and the Padron Traditional line. All Padron cigars are wrapped in Nicaraguan sun-grown Habano tobacco, available in natural or maduro. Experience Padron. For your Padron retailer, call 1-800-453-5635. When Padron is on the band, quality is a matter of family honor. Surgeon General Warning. Tobacco use increases the risk of infertility, stillbirth, and low birth weight. The story that made the cigar. The cigar that made history. 80 years ago, Monte Cristo began a legacy of crafting only the finest cigars. Now, that legacy is honored by the very special, extremely limited edition Monte Cristo 80th Anniversary Cigar. Crafted for the first time, Dominican Pelotico Tobacco. Grown from seeds hand-carried from Cuba by Pepe Mendez. This exclusive cigar is like no other, rolled in a dark and oily Ecuadorian Sumatra wrapper. The Monte Cristo 80th Anniversary Cigar features a rich, fuller-bodied, and wonderfully complex smoke. Packaged in an elegant handmade box, these exceptional cigars are available now at your local tobacconist. Honor the legacy with the Monte Cristo 80th Anniversary. Surgeon General Warning. Cigar smoking can cause cancers of the mouth and throat, even if you do not inhale. I see you walk out the club, showing up her sexy flow. Sexy flow. That's right. Beta males run on tofu. Alpha males run on meat. Steak, cigars, and Cigar Day, the trifecta of pleasure. Alan Rubin, the president and founder of Alec Bradley Cigar at their world headquarters here in Fort Lauderdale. Alan, it's interesting we mentioned Fort Lauderdale because reminds me of when I was in college at Syracuse University, my sophomore, junior year, I can't remember, went with a whole bunch of friends on spring break, and we bought, we went down to the beach, of course, we looked like lobsters, because we said we have to make it look like we were on spring break somewhere, where we're still freezing and snow up in Syracuse, and I'll never forget, we went to play golf, we stopped at a drugstore, we got a six-pack of Antonio and Cleopatra's with a plastic humidor carrying case, I think for a buck twenty, got pictures of it. And we felt like we were kings of the world. 
We had a great time. And it's not the cigar that you're smoking. It's not how expensive it is because you have all sorts of price ranges in your Alec Bradley portfolio. But it's really what you're doing and who you're with. Great memories. Yeah, so sometimes the experience is not all about the cigar, right? right? It's, it's the cigar adding and lending to the experience. Um, and, I, and I think that's a big part of it. You know, a lot of my friends uh, throughout the time that I started the cigar business were not cigar smokers, but somehow they are now. Al, let's look at some of the uh, – you had a very, very busy – uh, convention in, at the IPCPR, the Cigar Retailers Convention, last uh, last July, you launched a whole plethora of new cigars. And let's go through all those. Uh, first of all, with the Max, an oldie but goodie that you brought back, which is off the charts. I love the blend. I love the new packaging. I love the band. Very creative, very hip. Start with that, and we'll work our way through. Well, Max, Max was one of the uh, lines that kind of put us on the map many years ago. Um, we had all very large ring gauges. We were one of the first companies to ever bring out a line of full, large you know, ring gauges. Um, but, you know, as the company has progressed and moved on in certain areas, our marketing has changed, uh, the perception and, and the look of our company has changed, and Max was falling a little bit behind in terms of its packaging and its style. So, you know, there's, you have to make a decision. Do you get rid of it or do you, do you just, re, you know, revamp the line? And so we decided to revamp the line. Uh, we dropped the pricing a little bit and we, we, we tweaked the blend up a little bit more for today's market than when, when we first launched it. And we just brought it into our portfolio, into our look. And um, not that I'm surprised, but the cigar is doing, is doing spectacular in the marketplace. So it's great. price point is great. It's a great cigar, medium flavored, very, very smooth, a winner all the way. And uh, Tempest Nicaragua, we already talked about. Uh, and then you had a couple of other Pura Nica. Yeah, the, the, the Nica Puro. Nica Puro. Right. And we, which is a line we had out. And uh, but it was a pretty full body line and people liked it. But we thought we could do another iteration using a Rosado wrapper. We call it Nica Puro Rosado or we just call it, you know, Nica Rosado. And um yeah, the, the, it's, it's, it's sweeter, it's a little bit softer, a little smoother, probably just under medium in terms of its, uh, in term, uh, in terms of its profile, and it's doing really well. It's a cigar I really enjoy a lot, and I can smoke it any time throughout the day. So that's, that was, you know, some cigars are meant to be smoked a little bit later in the day. They're a little bit heavier and some lighter. This is a cigar that you can really smoke throughout the day and be satisfied and then there was one other cigar that you launched, and it escapes me, but I, I know you know every single uh, brand in your portfolio. So what am I forgetting? Uh, we launched Sanctum. Sanctum, that's it, Sanctum. Another Latin name, yeah. Sanctum. Yeah, uh, you know, and again, Sanctum is about finding that piece, is, is finding your Sanctum. And um, that's a blend, you know, we use a lot of different tobaccos. We're using some Colombian tobacco in there, Cubita, which is a, a great tobacco to add some, a little bit of strength, a little bit of complexity to it. Um, a lot of uh, Jalapa and Condega in there and Hamastran. It's really well-balanced uh, cigar. Larger ring gauges, again, for that, for that market share. And uh, it just got uh, – it just took top 25 uh, in Cigar Aficionado. Uh, so and you never know. You know, we launched a lot, and we don't – look, in all honesty, we don't make cigars for the ratings. Right. We actually don't make cigars even for the consumers, to be honest with you. We make cigars, right. that, we make cigars that we love. And, and, that, and then you share them with all the other consumers. You know, and we're passionate about it. We just hope that you enjoy what we've brought to market and, and our passion and that uh, it's something that, that, that speaks to you. 
With Alan Bradley, or Alan Brad, I was going to say Alan Rubin of Alec Bradley uh, Cigar, although I do call you uh, Alec Bradley Rubin on a regular basis, but uh, a cigar that you you showed at the Cigar Retailers Convention, but it wasn't really available. You made some packaging changes. I just tried it for the first time, the new Alec Bradley Post Embargo, been out now for, I don't know, maybe three months or so, off the charts. Thank you. You know, it's interesting. Uh, I got a lot of calls from my friends in the industry. Uh, Gene Tipton, our good friend, formerly of Altas, would say, Hail, having a cigar with great friends in the industry. <laughs> you sound exactly like Gene. Mean Gene the dancing machine. That's right. Uh, so a lot, of, a lot of people within the industry reached out and said, you know, how'd you, how'd you come up with the whole post-embargo name? Because, every, you know, everyone's talking about the embargo being lifted in Cuba. And the truth is I, I trademarked it three years ago. Uh, just, you know, with this president, I didn't know who knew what was going to go on. He talked about uh, Guantanamo stopping and opening up relations, and I, I trademarked it then. Um, but post-embargo is a really cool cigar and concept for us. Um, and I'll, I'll, the story behind it, I think, is good. You know, when you go to, um, when you go to the European market, um, one of the things you hear is Cuban and non-Cuban. And I can't stand that term, to be honest with you. And why is because at that point you're making Cuba the benchmark for cigars. And, and it's not. And it shouldn't be. So I will, I will never call our cigars non-Cuban um, because there's Cuban cigars, great, Nicaraguan, Honduran, Dominican, and wherever they produce. And each has their own identity. And this on some level is saying, you know what? When relations open up, bring it on. We're fine. And we'll, we'll continue to do fine. Um, Cuba is not the benchmark for cigars. You know, it, it almost reminds me of the old Coors beer. And- I use that analogy all the time. You're exactly right. Now that you can get it in every Circle K, supermarket, 7-Eleven, no big deal. That's correct. And I think once people are exposed to Cuban cigars, uh, some will like them, and some will go back and say, you know what, I love what we're doing with Nicaraguan cigars and Honduran cigars and, and Dominican. And, and so... They're not the benchmark, and what we're saying is, yeah, let the embargo, let the embargo end, let it open up, let the Cuban cigars come here, and let's really see how they do. Let's remove all the curiosities, let's remove all that desire for things you can't have, make it available, and we're going to do fine. And that's what post embargo is about. I agree, hundred percent. Post embargo, this to me, medium, a little bit of sweetness, very smooth. Love the square press on it. This is made at the uh, Racist Cubana uh, factory down in Honduras, correct? correct. Correct, and we work really closely with uh, with the Endemanio family and and creating some uh, some of our new blends. We also work with the Placencias uh, uh, on a very close level, and um, they give us a lot of entree to make sure we do what we want to do. Meaning that we don't go there and say, "What blends do you have available for us to try?" I mean, we are in the trenches. We are uh, where most people are sitting in the conference room. We're in the back of the factory at a table with all the tobaccos blending together. Uh, Ralph and I, you know, uh, going at each other's throats. You know, he likes this and I like that. And But at the end, when we put something together and we both kind of make that look to one another like I think we have something, generally it's pretty successful. And when I came here, you, you came out, greeted me, and you said, oh, I'm exhausted. I've just been trying about 20 blends. And I looked at you and said, you get no sympathy from me. <laughs> Tough, poor baby, I said. Too bad. Well, it's funny because, you know, even though I love blending days because you never know, you know, from what we've blended to, to how it plays out, I love, I love our blending days and our blending weeks that, that we have here. And I'm, we're almost blending continuously. 
But uh, the joke here is, is that when, let's say, Ralph and I have to go through the blends and he's smoking one of our brands, and I tell him, hey, you can smoke that at, at night at home. That's, that's your home pleasure. We need to be working today. And so we're, we're smoking through the blends now. Um, I think I still, I think today is nine for me on, uh, on, on going through the blends. And it's, it's like a treasure hunt, which is really cool. You know, we're able to put tobaccos together see what happens, and then we add a second tobacco, third, fourth tobacco, th and then we start making the iterations. And when you have something, it's just an, ama it's an amazing feeling. Well, Alan, I've enjoyed our, uh, our, our lengthy conversation talking about uh, the, just the history of the company, some of the great brands, and I know you're working on things already for 2016 and 2017. So before you know it, it's going to be the IPCPR 2016 in Las Vegas, and I know you'll be ready. Yeah, we'll be ready, which is uh, you know, something we're working on now. Um, it, new booth for this year. New and improved. New and improved. Uh, and, and your booth was pretty damn improved the last few years. Thank you. It's just, you know, what, what we wanted, it streamlined. We wanted a little cleaner look, um, a little more branding for our company. But I have to tell you, I, I, first of all, I want to thank you for, for coming here today and, and spending some time with us. I always love spending time with you. Uh, you're doing such an amazing job in telling our story and, and giving cigar manufacturers a platform to be able to tell our stories. But in addition, you get to hear from the consumer side and giving them an opportunity to speak and, and, and to be heard. Um, we don't have enough places to do that. So you are a great friend to the industry, um, a mentor on a lot of levels. And uh, I really just want to thank you. I appreciate it. And always, you know, whenever we see each other, it's always uh, friendly. We have a great time. And that's what it's all about. And I just hope that in your new booth, your new and improved booth, you'll still have that espresso machine. When I need to warm up the vocal cords, you'll have that espresso for me. Would I ever come to a, to a show without an espresso machine? Seriously. You're lined up. I think it's the time you get there to the time you leave. But everybody's so hospitable there. And, you know, Ralph Montero, uh, your partner and vice president, George Sosa, your VP of sales, you, everybody in the whole uh, company. So it's always a pleasure. Uh, Alan, continued success, and uh, I think we need to go uh, have a little libation and test some of those blends together. Yeah, I was just going to say, if we can cut this thing short right now, we're ready to uh, to have a little uh, a little drink and a little pairing. We are good to go. Alan Rubin, the founder of Alec Bradley Cigar, our guest on the Cigar Dave Show today. The February 2016 Officers Club selection is the Rocky Patel Royale, a delicious cigar with notes of spice and bold espresso. The Rocky Patel Royale. If you're not a member of the Officers Club, go to CigarDave.com and join.